It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Meyer fan scores, and he went top shelf. Tivo time, right on time. A power play goal. I love that play there by Timo. He kind of came on a little bobbled puck, but he ends up throwing it at the net there. Not your typical power play goal, but still, I love what I saw there. See him coming around, pass to the middle, which kind of freezes the box a little bit. Fan shot, throws one at Donato right in front there. Donato got the tip right there at the end, right in the goalie's eyes. Nice tip, nice finish. Yeah, I mean, I just did what I was supposed to do, stand in front of the net create some traffic and Timo put a, a great shot maybe just one that he like he whiffed on the first one but after that he got one right to the net put it in a wheelhouse for me to tip and uh, I was lucky to get a piece of it. I thought we played better structure and better as a team today than we did in the first game and uh, you know we uh, were looking for that timely goal I think it took a little wind of the sails uh, that their third goal but uh, you know structurally and detail wise I thought we were better we spent a lot more time in the end in the ozone you know we made we, we played a little faster I thought you know they, they got a little bit of puck luck tonight and uh, you know they were the better team the first game and I thought we played a lot uh, a lot harder and a lot more structured this game. All right, good morning everybody and welcome to Morning Tide. I hope you're all enjoying your weekend and I hope you're all uh, not freaking out too much with regards to what we saw yesterday from the San Jose Sharks and I thought that I, I there were a couple different ways I could go here and I think I'll just use them all. I'll start off first with the with the ultimate homer take. Hey guys, you got to play 500 hockey on the road. Split those games on the road, come home and win those home games. You do that You'll make the playoffs. Yeah, the Sharks just did that okay, 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 and they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. And then the opposite end of the spectrum would be the complete sports talk freakout. Ted, 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 what, what was that? What was that? Logan Couture needs to get his head in the game. Eric Carlson needs to get his head in the game. Brent Burns, where was Brent Burns? This season's over. I've seen enough after two games. It's over. It's over. It's over, Ted. It's over. Or you could view it like me, and this is entirely rational, and, and I understand that that's not what we always want to be. Believe me, there were times during the game where I was not rational, where I was yelling at the TV or upset with something I saw, but okay, you haven't played in 10 months. I've seen some things that I've liked. I've seen some things that I have not liked, and I've seen some inconsistencies, and I have seen some things that I, you know, ultimately say, yeah, you know what? I see what they're trying to do there. I think that it's going to take a little time and that if it does trend in the, the direction of what they're trying to build, that we're going to like the end result. And I, if you're trying to make grand conclusions after two games, I, you know, I don't have much to offer you. I'll, I'll be honest. And that's not even a I'm working for the team moment. If you try to define any team after two games with such a small sample size, you're going to come up with incorrect answers. And I, I don't even want to pull this out this early 
But the St. Louis Blues just got blasted 8-0. It's not an equal comparison by any means, but keep in mind, that's one of the teams that everyone is not going to be shocked at if they end up in the Stanley Cup Finals. So my point is, it's two games we don't really know much right now. But what we do know is some of the things that we've seen this team working on. One of the things that I've really liked is how active they have been early in games and trying to be the aggressor early on. That's good because when we compare it to one year ago, of which we view as the worst case scenario, and we don't want to have repeat itself this year, they are getting ahead early. They are being the more aggressive team. They are putting shots on goal early and often, and they're being rewarded for it so far. On the power play, they are being active. There is a lot of movement going on out there, and it's creating opportunities. I like to see that because I think that we all got frustrated in recent memory with just a little bit too much stillness, a little bit too much of trying to wait for the perfect moment, create the perfect pass, something of that nature, not enough movement, a little bit too much cycling. With what I'm seeing right now with the Sharks power play, it's a little bit of carefully crafted chaos and they're trying to capitalize upon that. I'll take that any day of the week. I, I really like that actually. And I thought it was it was fun to see. I was I've been generally excited by what I've seen on the power play so far for the Sharks. In terms of keeping with this trend of things that I like, I also like how it's not just having one player just sprint the puck up the center of the rink. It's the fact that they are doing it with passing, quick passes, movement, bringing things together, trying to link together passes quickly to get the puck up the ice and get the defense on their heels. I like that. I think we're seeing things that the Sharks are not good at yet, and I, and I use the term good lightly because they're, they're professionals, obviously, but they're still trying to figure out their system. They're tr still trying to get that chemistry, that gel, that overall team identity of what they're going to do to be able to use to their advantage game in and game out. When I look at those things in particular, combined with the play of a guy like Ryan Donato, who the first two games, I thought that he out there in game one, he was a little bit hesitant. He was a little bit quiet. He was much better in game number two of the year. And he's come through so far with a big shootout goal and a big tip in goal to give the Sharks um, one, help them win a game in the shootout in game number one, and two, give them an early lead on the road against a, and I mean, they're all interdivision opponents at this point, but you get my point. He's come in through two games and he's made an impact. That's exactly what the Sharks wanted to see from Orion Donato. He doesn't have to be the be-all, end-all player right now. He doesn't have to be the guy that they rely on. And that's another thing that we saw throughout the course of the first two games. It was not just the second line that was creating the opportunities. It was across the board. The forwards were much, much better in game number two. You saw much more consistent play. You saw much more, um, just a little bit more of a, of a controlled effort. The Sharks won game number one because they had better talent on the ice. That is why they won that game. This game, they were not rewarded. Uh, they had some bounces go against them. But at the same time, they also did themselves in a bit, right? The face-offs, that's a severe issue right now that needs to be rectified. Yeah, it's something we got to get uh, way better at. I think that uh, we struggle in a face-off circle, even the first game. You know, it's it's an important part of the game. And uh, um, I thought our puck movement was better off of one face-offs. But, uh, you know, we lost too many. And, you know, you're, you're chasing the puck all night. So, And the onus is, is going to be on the centerman, obviously. But we also got to, you know, 
get some help from the wingers coming into the circle too. But uh, it's definitely a weakness of our team right now. That's head coach Bob Bugner after the game. If you don't trust me, I assure you, you should listen to him. The Coyotes won 60% of the faceoffs in this game last night. 28 for Arizona were won. Sharks only won 19. And like Bugner said, that means you're just chasing things around too much. And I wanted to get into some good stats and a good point that was brought up from Sheng Peng of SanJoseHockeyNow.com. He pointed out that a couple of years ago, the Sharks had four very good options on faceoffs: Pavelski, Thornton, Goodrow, and Hurdle. Now they've just got Hurdle, and while Couture does take a lot, he hasn't won more than 47% in a season since 2013-2014. Now, one of the other things that I also said that I liked was also problematic because the Sharks are turning the puck over in the neutral zone. They're moving a little bit faster than they are comfortable right now. Locking in what they're trying to do in terms of developing speed, in terms of trying to play fast, it's going to take a while for everybody to get comfortable with that, but I at least like what they're doing, and I also like the fact that Bugner's aware that they're not quite there yet. Yeah, there were some turnovers tonight, and I think, you know, towards the end of the second period when we got down a couple, I thought we tried to press a little too much, and I thought we tried to gamble a little too much, and I think that's when you turn pucks over. Even at the offensive blue line, we are trying to hold the line and strong side pinch and things like that, but, uh, you know, I thought we created chances tonight, and I got to rewatch the game, obviously, and, and don't have the, uh, you know, analytics in front of me right now, but I felt good about the chances that we uh, we generated. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't get the goal we needed at the right time of the game and they did and uh, you know and then we're chasing a little bit but um, again like I said it's funny how this game goes I thought that uh, we generated more tonight than in in game one and uh, you know we're on the wrong side of it and that's how it goes sometimes in the NHL you can do a lot of things well you can do a lot of things that you set out to try to do you can improve upon the game prior but you can still come out with the wrong result for a number of reasons Another thing we're paying attention to out of this one was the play of Martin Jones. I thought he was put in a lot of bad situations. I thought that that was not his best game, but it was definitely not a game that I would say the reason the Sharks lost is because Martin Jones wasn't good enough. No, I I felt that he was put in some bad situations, like I said, and I also felt that there was just the breaks went the way of the Coyotes in this game. Martin Jones will be the first to tell you that he'll probably think that he needs to be better. But again, I think that the Sharks are aware of this that they put themselves in bad situations specifically by being so poor on those faceoffs, and it also led to an opportunity. So if you can't get a win, what can you get out of a game that you're going to lose? You can get an opportunity to get a look at your new backup goalie, and that's what we got with a look at Dubnik. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I didn't, uh, you know, as soon as Jonesy came off, I said this is strictly for, you know, get Doobie some ice time, and, uh, you know, we're going to need both goalies on the road here. Uh, and I just wanted him to see some real action. Yeah, and he did see some action. Wasn't a whole lot, but he saw some action. He got to get comfortable out there at game speed. And listen, you're going to have to use both these guys a whole lot this year, especially with this compressed schedule. But just the way I saw that Rick Tockett came out of game one, a loss versus the Sharks feeling confident, I see very much Bob Bugner, as well as the other leadership members of the San Jose Sharks, like Logan Couture, coming out of a loss with confidence. I thought uh, tonight was better in uh, areas than the first night. I think the first night we defended a little bit better in certain aspects of our game. Power play was a little bit better tonight. So I thought uh, we created enough chances to win. I thought we gave up too many chances, but uh, it's a second game. So we've got to build off the good things we did. And not that Logan Couture needs me to back him up, but if you'll recall in the 2018-2019 season, after the Sharks acquired Eric Carlson and the team was having a slow start to the season, 
He was the guy that made the big, bold statements about it taking too long to find chemistry and guys really getting to know each other and the team figuring itself out. He knows when to sound that alarm. Now, I'm not saying that we are close to sounding an alarm or anything like that because we're two games in, guys. But in my opinion, with regard to the Sharks, if Logan Couture is pretty calm and pretty collected and not seen to be having any outward problems with the way the team is playing, then I'm going to go with that because he seems to be the barometer. He seems to be the canary in the coal mine of what the reality is for the team. And his reality right now is one of, I'm not even going to say indifference. He just doesn't seem too concerned. And the other angle to all this that I feel we need to acknowledge is that we are all in a state where we've been starved of Sharks hockey. We've been waiting for this for so long. It's been 10 months. We have been waiting to see everything and waiting to take it all in. And we've been waiting for Brent Burns to be the hero and Eric Carlson to be the hero and Logan Couture and blah, on and on and on and on. We are hyper in our response to what we're seeing on the ice because we finally have a chance to place all this nervous energy that normally we would have been placing on the Sharks. It's finally back out there. So we have the opportunity to under and or overreact to everything we see out there on the ice. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's bad, but I do think it's a factor of what's going on. And I'm even trying to catch myself when I'm watching the game saying, am I reacting to what I'm seeing or am I reacting to my own level of expectations? And that's a hard thing to do when you've been waiting for so long. You're judging reality versus expectation. And the distance between reality and expectation is often where people find disappointment, even if the reality is relatively innocuous as we're seeing right now. We're two games in, and you can't win a Stanley Cup in two games. You can't build a team in two games. You can't have an identity in two games. You can't do anything but play two games. And the Sharks have played two games. That's right, you guessed it. One was a win, the other was a loss. What have we looked at with the Avs and the Blues, two of the top teams in this division and in the league? One was a win and one was a loss. What have we looked at for the Coyotes, a middling team in this division? One was a win and one was a loss. And I know you're thinking, okay, I get it, but I just, I see some of the reaction on social media, which is one of the greatest and worst resources you can ever have for any position in anything. But you see all ends of the spectrum. You see people completely overreacting and you see people trying to condense a season's worth of conclusions after just two games, just two games. I know it's crazy. We don't have the answers. We won't have the answers. We're just beginning to learn what it is we see when we're watching the San Jose Sharks in 2021. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to talk with a former goalie and now TV analyst for the St. Louis Blues, who the Sharks have up next, Darren Pang. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. 
Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, the Avs went on to beat the Blues by a final of 8 to nothing in their second game of the year. But if you think that says anything about the Blues more than one game, uh, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. And we're about to see how good this Blues team is up close and personal when the Sharks now travel to St. Louis to face the Blues. So for a little bit more of an in-depth look at our upcoming opponent, we are now joined by an analyst for the Blues on Fox Sports Midwest, as well as you've seen him do some work on NHL Network. It is Darren Pang. Darren, what's going on, man? How are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm glad to get the uh, the season started. And, uh, you know, for the Blues, we had uh, the first game was uh, Wednesday on opening night, but it was a uh, an NBC Sports Network game. So we basically went down to our new studios and tried to, you know, tried to do a little bit of a rehearsal um, and get ready for last night's game. And sure enough, uh, <laughs> last night's game wasn't very good for the for the Blues. They just got absolutely thumped in Colorado. So we're looking forward to the series against uh, the Sharks at home here. Yeah, it, that was shocking to me, and I'm just curious, is that a result of a bad night, or is it, you know, just a little bit of rust and fatigue because everybody's coming back? I mean, I, you know, it's not like I'm suddenly going to change my thoughts of how good the, the Blues are. I was just, I was surprised by such a, a lopsided uh, loss after seeing such a, a quality performance in the first night. Well, that that uh, was shocking to me as well. Um, the Blues are not a team that, you know, that doesn't prepare for an angry team. They they, they said the right things. They knew that Colorado was going to be a, a very determined team. And in fact, a couple of the guys on game day, I talked to Ryan O'Reilly and he kind of compared it to the Edmonton Oilers in game one, Connor McDavid had no points and, you know, they lost. And in game two, Connor McDavid was on fire and had three goals. And he said, that's what we're preparing for with, uh, you know, with them and with Nate McKinnon and Ranton and Landeskog and what have you. And sure enough, the abs were just too good for them. And the blues were just not ready to, to, to compete. I, I'm not, Exactly sure. Um, when I played in the NHL, I think Colorado wasn't in the league. I've you know been a broadcaster for a long time, and I, I understand the altitude. Mm-hmm. And I was told that on these back-to-backs, or if you have uh, a day in between, that the first game that you play there, you're going to have a lot more energy, and you're going to be able to get through the altitude. But if you're there for a day, and then you have another one, and you can really get caught. And it did look like the Blues just had no second win whatsoever in that game. So. Maybe that's something that's going to happen this year and be an advantage for Colorado. Yeah, that's a really good point that I had not even considered. And, uh, you know, I've you know been to that's the thing is as a broadcaster, my, my great takeaway is when I've done broadcasts in Colorado, it's like, oh, and during that busy stretch, I, I could I could feel my heart beating a little bit more than normal. So it's it's a little bit different than, uh, than playing at the altitude, I'm sure. But no, that that's an excellent point. And. The one thing I wanted to ask you about, and um, I'm, I'm sure there were some bad nights for you. I don't have your stats right in front of me, but you know how important was it to get that next game played for a goalie after having a, a bad night? Um, was I mean, is it easy to forget quickly, or did you need to get to that next game? Oh boy, I, it all depended. Um, I mean, if you were kind of spiraling, you know, down, you could feel your your game was off or your confidence was off, and then you really got thumped. Um, it wasn't that easy to, to get out of it. Um, but in saying all that, I thought, in, in, uh, in all honesty, um, Jordan Binnington, who started the game, was the best player on the Blues by far, by a country mile. Uh, wow. No one was close. And, 
you know, it was almost a mercy pull for him at the end of 40 minutes. Uh, he gave up zero goals in the first period and made 17 saves, and many of them were unbelievable. Um, but you could see that the Blues just, they, they were just not themselves. They were just not defending. They were not stopping. They were, they were giving up pucks. And after the second period, when it's 4 nothing, well, then Coach, you know, has never seen Billy Huso in an, in an NHL game. And this is the gamble that you take in a shortened season when you've got a, a backup goaltender that's a, you know, a young 24-year-old goaltender that's never played a game in the in the National Hockey League. But at one point, you've got to find when that time is to get him in the net. So they did, and he gave up four right away. So kind of a, a tough one there that made it probably look worse than what it uh, was last night. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad night. And, you know, in my opinion, I do not think that the the Sharks are going to be heading into this game thinking, oh, well, that, that'll be easy to replicate because it's not. I look at that first game of the year, and going into that, I said, well, you know, is this, you know, going to be – one of the premier matchups of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, these are the two teams along with Vegas in this new Honda NHL West division that everybody's looking at. Um, and I and I put the Avs and the Blues at the two top teams, in my opinion. So let's look at game one a little bit more because that's a more accurate reflection of what the Blues are. What did you see from them and what did you see them doing so well against an Avs team that we know is extremely high caliber? Well, what they did was they um, they got the, they, they got, I thought I think they got into Nate McKinnon's kitchen a little bit. They they interfered with him. They bumped him. They pushed him to the outside. I think Craig Berube had a lot of confidence with the news that Mike Hoffman couldn't play just prior to the game because of uh, his visa was not signed off mm-hmm. and, and ready yet. He put Oscar Sundquist, who many people around the league don't know Oscar, but he's like a Swiss Army knife. He could play any position. He could be in the He's on the PK. He could be in front of the net on the power play. He can, you know, he's just one of those guys. Okay? And so that he was put up, you know, on the right wing with Thomas and, and Jaden Schwartz. And, and, and he set the tone. He had two goals. He played a straight line game and he, and he, you know, he played real hard. And, and, uh, you know, I think the team fed off of that. Um, and, and, uh, and also Pareko and, and Krug were outstanding, especially Pareko um, up against uh, Nate McKinnon. So, I didn't think Colorado was great in that game, but I thought the Blues were absolutely dialed in. Five on five, they they dominated. I mean, it was a it was a very lopsided hockey game in puck possession, five on five, and the type of chances they they did get. Um, in you know, in the second game, um, the Blues lost uh, Robert Bortuzzo early on with he got hit in the head, mm-hmm. and so they called it an upper body injury. So they were with five defensemen, <clears throat> and I think that's when a, a little guy like Tory Krug might get exposed you know, against a big team like Colorado, that's a lot of hockey for crew to be playing against some really big boys and, and uh, a lot of power play situations against the blues. So I think they quite frankly got worn down there in, in game number two. So um, I think you'll see a, a different look uh, against San Jose. Uh, one that would have Carl Gunnarsson back in the lineup, a stay at home, uh, predictable, dependable defenseman. And, uh, and, and I would have to think that there's going to be a change up front as well to reestablish the defending mode that the blues are so good at. I'm just curious what your perceptions are of the, of the sharks heading into this year, because obviously they're coming off a, a bad year, you know, a year prior that was the blues that eliminated the sharks in the Western conference finals as the blues went on to win the Stanley cup. Um, but you know, a lot of people are looking at the sharks and saying, oh, it's, not going to be a good year, but you know, Logan Couture talked about it in you know, kind of the the training camp period. He said if we didn't think we belonged with the Abs and 
the Blues, you know, we shouldn't even be doing this. And he's of the mind that, you know, the team is is ready for a bounce back. And the Sharks had a good performance from Martin Jones in game one. They got a little gassed at the end and gave up a couple of goals, were able to get the shootout win. But just, you know, your, your big picture view of the Sharks heading into this year and heading into this series. Well, I mean, number one, everybody's got a lot of respect for the Sharks and, and kind of the, the standard that they have set, you know, for the last 15 years or so. So it, it's not like they're just going to go away quietly into the night. I mean, you know, this is the reason why, you know, veteran players, you know, say goodbye. A, a guy like Joe Thornton um, goes on and he's a valuable piece of, of what the Sharks were. But this is the time to enable the Logan Couture's and the uh, Thomas Hurdles and the Timo Myers. It, it, they have to grow. They, they have to you have to see. You know what? You know how much have they learned with with these older players? And um, and it, it's not dissimilar to the Boston Bruins uh, mm-hmm. with Zdeno Chara. I mean, you know they they love Chara there. I'm sure the Sharks love Joe Thornton. But um, Brandon Carlos and the younger defensemen have to grow, and they, you can't grow with Zdeno Chara hovering above you. So yeah. I, I think there's some similarities there. And I but I, I do believe that the core group of players of of this of the of the Sharks are. They're good players. I mean, and then sometimes you could say they're high, high end players. So now it's up to them to take the next step. But uh, I would never go into a game personally. Um, and as a broadcaster, uh, underestimating, you know, the group that they have right now. So uh, otherwise they can bite you right in, you know, they can, they, they can bite you bad and make you look bad. So I know that the Blues and the Sharks have some history now. And in 16, it was the Sharks that went all the way. Uh, in 19, the Blues beat them. And, you know, so. I, I think that anytime they play each other, you know, we're going to see a little bit more than than maybe you know another team playing San Jose. So uh, I'm look, I'm really looking forward to this series and 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 seeing how the Sharks are and seeing how the Blues play them. That is a great place to end it, Darren. I'll just uh, quip by saying I saw your tweet about the you know how how much different it is now. You want to get back to being in front of the fans and doing these post game interviews, and uh, you're spot on, man. I I cannot wait for normalcy to return. I I want you to be in front of the fans. I want us all back in the arenas. So hopefully we get back to that place uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, me as well, and uh, well said by you. So we'll uh, we'll wait. We'll be patient. We'll we'll do our thing to make sure we're as safe as possible and respectful of this uh, terrible pandemic, and then we'll uh, we'll move forward. Darren Pang, everyone, giving us his thoughts on the Blues through two games, his view of the Sharks, and I particularly appreciated his viewpoints as a former goalie in the NHL. But ultimately, for the Sharks heading into this two-game series against the Blues, this is going to tell us a lot. It's not going to tell us everything, but we're going to see what the Sharks are versus perhaps what they need to be. The Blues, we all know, are one of the top teams in this division, and they are treated as one of the top teams in the league. They won a Stanley Cup two years ago. Their window is still very much open. So for the Sharks, again, it'll only be games three and four of the season, but we're going to see what the Sharks are against what the rest of the world perceives as one of the best teams in the league. Granted, it'll be only the third and fourth games of the year, but that doesn't mean we won't be able to look and say, okay, how much are these face-offs a problem against one of the best teams in the league? Are we overreacting? Not to say that we are overreacting, but are we overreacting to that? How good is the power play? Is it as good as we thought it's looked against the Coyotes? What are we going to make of these other lines? What are we going to see from Brent Burns? and Eric Carlson, and hopefully Shimek when he gets back out there on the ice as well. And what have we seen from John Leonard? How much of that translates against one of the top teams in the league? 
What have we seen so far from Ryan Donato, Evander Kane? And by the way, if there's discipline coming down against him, I am going to be very frustrated, but that's, that's a conversation for another time. But I look forward to this series with the Blues because it will give us more clarity on the Sharks. Even if they come out of this with two losses, we're going to be able to tell ourselves, were they two hard-fought losses or were they completely outclassed? Again, it's not the ultimate be-all, end-all, but I don't mind having a big test early and often in a season. It happens in every sport. We overreact in the NFL to games that happen in week one and week two of the season all the time because they don't have that many games. Well, right now, the NHL doesn't have that many games. We've only got 56 this year. There's only 54 left for the Sharks, and we need to see what exactly this team is. If they come away with a split, I'm happy with that. Not even a question of being happy with that. Yes, you would like to get some momentum going at some point, but with where the Sharks are right now, they are at a place where they need to figure themselves out as a team. If that means a split in these first couple of series, I've got no problem with that. I really, really don't have any problem with it. They don't need to look like world beaters right off the bat. What they need to look like is a team that is giving us evidence of growing, is giving us evidence that they are improving, is giving us evidence that they are looking like they are responding to what Bob Bugner is trying to have them do on the ice. That is what I'm looking for right now. I am not looking for incredible performances. I am not looking for transcendent moments. I am looking for hard work, for the level of rust and or sloppiness, however you want to define it. I'm looking for that to decline, and I'm looking for the Sharks to start looking like the team that I think we know they are capable of being. And hopefully that means you start to see the team getting better and better and better as they move forward and deeper into the season. There are two games down. There are 54 games left to go, and we're about to see a very, very good team. And while that might seem intimidating, and while some of you out there might say, "Ugh, why do we have to face the Blues right now? Why can't we face the, the Ducks or the Kings right now? Listen, we're going to face them all. We're going to see all these teams. We are going to see exactly where the Sharks stack up over the course of this abbreviated season. But for the time being, let's get excited. They've got a chance to show some people like, hey, these Sharks, they just might be better than we all thought they were. All right, that wraps it up for this morning's edition of Morning Tide. We will see you again on Tuesday morning, reacting to game one against St. Louis. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.